What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. The weather is heating up, which means summer is almost here. Macy's is my go-to place for summer fashion, and I'm getting so excited just looking at Macy's.com for new bathing suits, beach towels, even floaties for the kids. They have all the poolside essentials. Macy's has everything you need for any summer occasion, your summer trip, wedding, or graduation. Macy's has you covered. You can shop all your favorite brands like DKNY, Michael Kors on 34th. Shop at Macy's.com or in store. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Wind Down with Janet Kramer and Michael Kaufman, an iHeart Radio podcast. So how would you like to welcome people today, Mike? I, I'm nervous now. I don't know what to say. I'm, hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. It's not Monday. It's not. It is for you, but it's not for us. <laughs> What's it? I don't even know what to do. Tuesday? Uh, yeah, Tuesday. Does it even matter? Nope, doesn't. <laughs> Michael just got back from his two-week... Bi-weekly bi- grocery store adventure. How was it? It was fortunately quiet. Good. Yeah. People are finally listening. So I went to Whole Foods and Publix because we get different things at different stores. And it was uh, remarkably quieter than it had been in the past. Everyone, 95% of the people I saw had masks. Was that so weird to see everyone have masks? Because I have not been out of the house. I'm losing my mind. I have not been out of the house for a little over a month. So I haven't seen like mm-hmm. a store or driven my car. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to drive my car. <laughs> I'm going to be like, ah, how do I stop this thing? But like, it, I can't imagine, like I was Zooming with some of my girlfriends last night and we were just talking about like, because they had gone to the store and I was like, man, what a weird reality that now we see, because I'm going to be real honest. I, usually when I saw people with masks on, like at the airport, I'm like, and you know oh yeah it's like all right, all right easy i'm like okay calm down but now it's like i was like michael do not leave without a mask no no or a I, scarf I, I feel like we live in asia now <laughs> and that is, i mean that's we just went there. no it's not that it's just the culture you see that often in their culture because you gotta think about it they they're so po- overpopulated is that why i think so i think it's I mean, part, smarter I, than us i think it's a part of their culture 
And I also think it's because they're so densely compacted, like in population, mm-hmm. where it's things probably spread easier there. Possibly. When you're on top of each other as much as they are. Or maybe they're just a lot smarter and they're like, saw this coming before y'all did. Right, but I'm saying even before before No, no, no. No, I mean yeah, like before, uh, like, yeah. yeah. Like it's like they they're more aware of I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's a mix of both. But now it's like I was I was like, you have to wear either a scarf or a, we don't have a mask, so you wore bandana. Bandana. But that must have been like like what was it? Was it just weird to see everyone wear masks? Like were the checkout people wearing them too? Yep. Oh my god, that's so weird. And like, a lot of stores from Home Depot to Whole Foods to I don't think Publix did. You know, they, a lot of them have like temporary glass shields up, like between the cashier and the customer. Really? Yeah. See, I feel I'm kind of glad. I I know that we said that I was going to go grocery shopping <laughs> because you have bad asthma, but I think I'd have anxiety attack just seeing all that. Like I think it would feed my anxiety more, and then I would totally freak out and then i for sure couldn't drive my car because i'd be like gun and then you'd forget half the things i needed you to get yeah i would just be like i just need to get out of here i, think I can't breathe it, I, <coughs> I think this is the lesser two evils <laughs> that gives us uh less anxiety Food? if i go and you stay because if it's the other way around i'd have anxiety of you not getting the right things yeah. you'd have anxiety of being there yeah and i would just leave real fast and forget everything but because i think just seeing that is just like the reality of just like oh man like this is this is not good yeah it's it's and just going to be interesting what a lot of people have been talking about the new norm you know like what's the new norm going to be how long is this going to be a thing how long are these dividers going to be up at grocery stores or home depot how long are people going to be wearing masks i mean honestly i feel like we should take these precautions i mean not to the economy shut down but you know for flu season like let's not shake hands even though that's hard for me to do but like you know just to be more cautious during those times. Like, hey, it's flu season. Because a lot of, like, 16,000 people a year die from the flu. So it's like, hey. And obviously COVID's worse than that. And it's more death rate. But I, f- I feel like we should just put more things in place to not easily spread things. I, I think. Know. I think, But I have a headache from cleaning all the groceries. I don't know if it works. I don't know if it's I'm wasting my time. But all I know is this time around, I washed everything with the Clorox. With the Clorox. And now I have a headache so bad. But I do, I will say, just because I'm a mom, when we get any of the groceries out the next few days, like we just need to make sure we really wash our hands because I might not, I might have missed a spot and it lives on there for a minute. So like for a few days. For sure. So it's just like for the next few days, let's really like be mindful. Absolutely. Sorry. Just to let you guys in on a little like, you know, husband, wife chat. We had a little passiveness while I was doing it. And I don't know why, but I'm really excited because we have a really awesome guest on today, Laura Prepon. Um, she's an actress. She's a mother. She's now an author. Um, she was on um, the Netflix series Orange is the New Black. Um, and obviously she made her television debut on that 70s show. Um, did you watch that 70s show? I never did. I didn't either. But I heard it was funny. I've heard great things. Yeah. But yeah, I, I never personally did. But I'm excited to meet her um, through Skype, and I'm excited to hear about her book and her journey as a mom. So um, super excited. You know she's married to Ben Foster? A little fun trivia fact. I think I did know that. 
He's such a great actor. He's fantastic. Oh my god, what was the movie with him and uh, Chris Pine that we are obsessed with? Oh, um, uh, Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water. That's one of my favorite movies. That is a top top movie. Like probably top seven. (laughs) It's in the top ten for sure. Yeah, it's like if you guys haven't seen that movie, it's incredible. Did you watch Orange Is the New Black? I started it. I remember years ago. Mm-hmm. Like kind of shortly after it came out, um, but I think it was one of those times where you know I was trying to watch like four different shows at one time, <laughs> <laughs> and it just got lost in translation. I watched the first few seasons. Yeah, Did you like then, it? Yeah, it was really good. I liked it a lot. There's something about women in jail. You know me. I have like a weird thing with. <laughs> Gina likes her badass women. I do. I do like them a lot. So right before the whole quarantine thing happened. Um, I got to meet Abby Wambach and Glennon Doyle, and it was like, dreams, they do come true. <laughs> she and was like fantasy all in one room. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't even talk to Abby. I was just like smitten. dumbfounded. Yeah. Smitten like a little kitten. <laughs> she could have just put me in her pocket and I've been fine with it. <laughs> I'll be your little girl toy. Oh, I know. I'm really excited to talk to Laura, though, because she seems like a badass. Um Let's take a break and then let's get her on. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, I'm never going back to Kova's, you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. Can you guys hear me okay? We yes, can we can you hear you. Amazing. You look beautiful. I'm very jealous. You've got makeup on. We're, what are you talking I am a new of Bookstore. You look amazing. <laughs> you guys both look fantastic. Um, I love you. I just, I think you're funny. I think you're a badass. And, you know, now, like, how, you just had a baby in February, didn't you? Yeah, the end of February. Oh. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, but how are you doing right now in New York? I'm doing okay. Um, you know, because we have a newborn, we had planned to be isolating and um, having this time be to our family just so we can bond with our baby and our toddler. Um, so we had planned to be isolating now anyway before my book tour, which is now a virtual book tour, started. So, but we were definitely planning on isolating for very different reasons. Mm -hmm. But we're doing okay. You know, we're... We try to stay informed, of course, and not let it be too scary, yeah. you know, because we because kids pick up on that stuff, you know. So we're really trying to stay informed and find levity and laugh when we can, because you just have to find levity or it's just all too devastating. Mm -hmm. So we try to just laugh when we can, spend a lot of time with our kids. And um, yeah, we're just doing what we can, just like everybody else. Is the newborn a boy? Yes. And then the older one is a she yeah, two a and a half. Two and and half. she yeah, she's a girl. And she's she's she was born in oh boy, two thousand seventeen. I have okay. milk brain right now because I'm breastfeeding. Two thousand seventeen, maybe. Um but yeah, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Having two is a lot, especially with the self isolation and everything. But <laughs> But it, you know what I'm saying? Two was a really rough transition for us because we have a four-year-old girl and then a 16-month-old little boy. So oh, it was, congrats. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks. But like it's when we hit two, it's like I'm really glad we had a lot of therapy because I don't know if we would have like made it, <laughs> made it through because it's hard because like you don't have time at all. It's yeah. just like I got one, you got one. And then it's like then, yeah, it's 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 definitely a real tough transition. Did you did you find it hard or? 
Well, you know, we're only like six, like seven weeks in, so it's not. It's um, it's it's been really. Thank goodness. Here's what I will say. Thank goodness our toddler is sleep trained because mm-hmm. we really were we were really strict with the sleep training at a certain point. At a certain point, we're like, we have got to. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we started three months for every kid. Same. Okay, so we started with our daughter we started too late we started way too late but we got to a point where we were just like we have to handle this this is you know once they're sleep trained for me for us it was a game changer oh game changer because then they go down and then number one i feel like it's much better for her and this is my own personal experience like look i would never tell anybody how to parent ever no but like what you were saying though it is better for them too though like and i'm like such an advocate even like i have girlfriends that they're kids don't go to bed till like nine ten o'clock and I'm like that's great it works for you but for us like I know my kid like she's a she's a better toddler the next day when she gets sleep like when she does the nap and she has the routine so I'm Totally. totally like on same page like the sleep training and for us it's better too because we know she goes down to her bedtime and then you know my husband and I have time to you know download the day and like hang out together and have dinner together and like you know when it's not the state of the world is happening now if we put our kids down and then we get a babysitter we can maybe go to dinner you know what i mean like it's just everything is such a game changer when the kids are sleep trained but again everyone has a different way they parent awesome Mm -hmm. but for us it was a game changer so but now with the newborn of course that's all out the window but i gotta say the fact that we know our daughter goes to sleep at a certain time yeah um help so that we're just focused on the newborn you know what I mean yeah you see that light at the end end of the tunnel knowing that your newborn eventually is going to get to that point where she is too and that's kind of where we're at where it's like okay we know at seven o'clock the kids are down we're high-fiving we're like like, we survived another day we're good exactly popping open a bottle of wine or having a drink and it's party time but you you guys started both at three months yeah I'm, I was so strict. Like I was just, you know, once the, yeah, it was, it was about, yeah, I would say it was, it's eight. Nine, yeah. Yep. Well, there's that book too. It's um, baby wise. 12, 12 weeks. 12 oh, that's hours true. Like 12 weeks old. Or so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, they, they, they're kind of the similar, but we went by baby wise and then it was just eat, feed. Was it eat, feed, play, sleep? sleep. Yeah. Um, but I right. mean, it worked like a dream and it worked for Jace too. I will say though, on our second, Jace doesn't need as much sleep as Jolie did. So we kind of had gotcha. to, unfortunately, we dropped a nap Been sooner. There, yeah. um, but I mean, having a little boy is just like, isn't it the best? Oh, it's the best. Oh, I'm so obsessed. I'm so glad that our first was a girl. Thanks. I really am. Because I always thought I wasn't one of those people who like would dream about the day I got married <laughs> or the day I had kids. That just was never me. Like right. I started working at such a young age. I was always so focused on my career and I knew that I wanted to wait until I met my partner. My, you know, I wanted to wait until I was with my husband, the one I was supposed to be with. And my husband and I didn't get together until I was 36. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we both, I mean, I'm not going to speak for him, but I focused on my career. And then finally he came into my life even though we've known each other since we were 18 oh wow, wow. you know we took this you know the the bumpy the road scene, we, we earned each, each other, other man. yeah <laughs> we always say that we're like we earn each other um but it's you know the fact that i started late just was a it was a very different experience for me but the fact that we had a girl first i thought was 
very, very cool. Like I never thought about, I never like planned my wedding or thought about, you know, jumps about the kids. And then finally, when it was right, it was just right. Um, but if I ever did have the thought, I always thought I was going to have a boy first, which was weird. Well, and I kind of wanted a boy first because I grew up with an older brother. And so, so I kind of was like, yeah, I want like the older brother. But I will tell you what, you know, I'm so glad I had a daughter first, too, because she's so good with the baby. And she's just yeah. she's really like I think she helped ease my way into motherhood a little bit because obviously we don't know what we're doing. Um, But there's something about a little girl just having, I don't know, it just, um, it really, yeah. But now, I mean, the little boy, it's just, it's such a different love. Yeah, I'm right right there with you where it's the same. Yeah, I I totally get it. But in your book, so um, it's you and I as mothers. And it was, I was, when I was reading the breakdown, you said you're like, you were blindsided when you became a mother. What, what blindsided you? What was the thing that was just like, that you weren't expecting? Any of it. (laughs) (laughs) I like, like any of it. I, you know, I've always been, and I've, and I prided myself on this. Like I've always felt like the rock. I've always been, my friends call me like the rock of Gibraltar. Like they would always come to me to get things done. I think that's why I, I tend to thrive in different kinds of roles like director, because as a director, I'm really good with large amounts of responsibility and pressure and stress. Like you thrive in chaos. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm very good at putting like order into a situation like that, which is why I feel like directing so comfortable for me. Um, but when I became a mother, it was like I was a complete, like I could not take care of myself or my family, everything. And it wasn't postpartum anxiety, or sorry, depression. It wasn't depression. It was an anxiety that I've never experienced before. And the anxiety came from protecting this baby that I I didn't understand what was going on. Number one, I didn't understand the hormones. The hormones just took over and I had no clue what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not take care of myself. I couldn't take care of my family. I wasn't nourishing any of us properly. Like I was totally, and then I was so stressed out and it would affect my, my milk. It was like a whole thing. And I had really, really bad postpartum anxiety. And that's probably one of the biggest things that threw me being someone who's usually the rock that people come to. I felt like I couldn't take care of myself or my family. And it was Mm -hmm. really, really hard for me. And then that's when I decided that I needed to write this book because I feel like there's all these things that as mothers, we, we don't talk about that are still kind of like, shrouded in darkness and I don't in secrecy and I'm not sure why because it's okay that we don't have everything figured out right now you know I also as a working mom being a stay-at-home mom is just as hard Mm -hmm. um but for me as a working mom I felt like I would wear this like maternal badge of honor like I had this macho approach to maternity like I was going to go back to work and nobody would know that I'm suffering nobody would know that I'm like I can power through on no sleep and you know, the fact that I'm a complete basket case and like, nobody's going to know. Like I had this weird thing that I had to prove something and I wasn't sure why I'm like, why, why do I have this thing that I feel like I need to prove? Like, um, and I realized that I was suffering from all these things, like the stress, the loss of control, mom guilt, like, um, self-care. I felt like I didn't deserve self-care, like all these things. I realized that mothers of all ages were all dealing with. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I interview my mom squad in the book, which is mothers of all ages, backgrounds, um, children, and they have all children of different ages. And I specifically wanted not only myself, my own stories, but my mom squad so that anybody can really read this book and have something to relate to. Um, because I feel like we're all suffering from these common subjects, you know what I mean? So that's why I wanted to write this. I couldn't find this book out there. So I was like, I'm just gonna write it. <laughs> you know, I have a I have an incredible amount of empathy for you moms because you don't hear of dad shaming, right? You hear of like mommy shaming and, and it feels like right, exactly. so, society and people have put all the pressure on y'all. And when really it's equally the husband, you know, the mom and the dad are responsibility to do and to go through all of this. And I know this second time around for Jana and I really communicating on how we honestly feel in a moment really helped us just being like, and, sure. and it allowed her to not feel alone because Jana is very much like you. She thrives in chaos. If things aren't going crazy around her, she's uncomfortable. She needs like things to, <laughs> like it's, it's insane. She has to have it. So for her to finally lean into me and us to meet there and for me to reassure her that she's not alone in what she's feeling at times really helped us the second time around. And my question to you is like, how has Ben, your husband, you know, how has he stepped up as, you know, as a father and kind of, you know, been there? I want to focus on the positive of kind of the husband, wife, mom, dad connection, like for the second one, second one around. Yeah, he look, I'm so fortunate because he is the best partner, husband, everything I could ever ever ask for. And before we got together, I wrote a list. I'm not kidding. And I say this to my single friends. I wrote a list of exactly what I wanted. And I'm like, this is what I want. And I'm not talking about like I did that. It's the dear God letter. Please send me this man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I wrote my version of that. Okay. And it's not about, it's like real true connection stuff that I wrote down from like connecting on levels that it's not just about looks and this. I mean, obviously of course being attracted to your partner is a big deal, but it's like the really deep things that I was looking for in my life partner. And once I wrote that list, he, he was there and that was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I, and I did a lot of my own work to be ready to have him in my life. And that's a whole other, you know, situation, but, and that's why we say we like earned each other, but I'm really fortunate in that he's the, the most incredible partner I could ever ask for. Um, and when I was going through all this, um, when I first started kind of putting it down and writing about it, he was the one who really inspired me to, start writing it in the form of a book where he's like, you can't be the only one dealing with this. And he said, there's, you know, there's so many other women out there that have got to be struggling with this too. And that was one of, you know, besides the fact that how I help work through things is by writing about it and getting it out. And, you know, that's what we do with our communication. We get it out. Um, But he was a big inspiration on that regard to, you know, open my eyes to, you know, you should think about writing about this so people can heal from it. That sounds really supportive, which is Yeah, I I can't, like, amazing. You know what I mean? I'm very fortunate. And, you know, the other thing, too, is I also write in my book, you know, I have an entire chapter on partnership because, you know, everybody can relate to a chapter on partnership on how to keep your partnership strong Mm -hmm. after kids are in the mix. The other thing, too, is, and again, that's myself, my own stories, my my mom squad, you know, a bunch of people chiming in. 
But the other thing too is that I can't tell you how many people have read the book because it came out a week ago who are not mothers or might or may choose not to be who are still getting so much out of the book as well as partners getting mm-hmm. a better understanding of what their partner went through mm-hmm. you know, as they mothered. But I can't tell you how many people have gotten so much out of it because I speak to these things of, you know, stress, control, anxiety. So that's um, what I was just going to ask. So in the book, because um, do, do you talk about ways like how you've been able to cope with your anxiety and ways that are the helpful for, for those suffering with anxiety? Because I'm like, I, I have mad anxiety, like awful anxiety. I mean, to the point where, you know, we, we were going to film something and I was just like, but if I'm not with the kids and, you know, and then I just like, I feel like a bad mom, but, but I'm trying to support my family. And so it's just one of those like struggles where it's just like, and then I'm terrified to fly because, oh my God, what if something happens? And then I just, my whole entire, like just body is just taken over with anxiety and fear. So I'm just curious if you write about that too. I, that's exactly what I write about. Like Mm -hmm. for real, that's exactly, there's a whole section on that because I was going through that as well. Here's the thing that was so important for me with this book was not only did I want to share these, because usually I've been, look, I've been fortunate enough to be in my industry for over 20 years Mm -hmm. and I love what I do. And it's a constant negotiation on, because I'm a very private person. Mm -hmm. So, and anything I do that involves my family, my husband and I have a conversation about it. And we make sure that we're on the same page with it because with what I do, obviously there's being the public eye and we always make sure that we are in agreement with that. Mm -hmm. And so, but some, a lot of the stuff that I shared in my book is really personal stuff, but I felt like it was so important for the first time because I felt like there was this conversation that wasn't being had that I really wanted to drop my defenses and share these truths. And I share a lot of stuff in this book that I, I is really vulnerable for me but I felt it was so important so we could really have this conversation. And, you know, one of the things too is besides sharing stories and the stories from my mom squad, giving tools was a a huge thing that I wanted in this book. I wanted to give the reader tools so that after they read the book, after they take the time to read the book, um, because, you know, sitting down and reading a book, it's like, I want to make sure that I can give, give something back. You're walking away with something. You're learning. Exactly. It's, like, it's like going to therapy and then being like, but then how do we, what do we do to stop right, exactly. or fix it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. So that, so I wanted to give that to the reader. So that I give a lot of tools in the book that you can leave with and put into action in your life, because that is so badly what I wanted. And that is what I wanted to give the reader because I needed tools on how to navigate through this. And, and again, when I was dealing with a particular anxiety, like something you were just talking about, you know, my friend who was an 18 year old kid, she was dealing with anxiety, but because of a completely different subject because her kid is older, but we were both dealing with anxiety. So it's really relatable to women of all ages. And those tools were really important to me to give in the book, in every chapter, there's that. And then at the end of the chapter, I also ask the reader to reflect on their own situation. So it's, I really tried to make the book like a conversation, like a dialogue back and oh, forth. I love that. I want like, I'm going to, can I, can I order it on Amazon? Yes. Yes. Of course. Okay, perfect. I'm, yes. I'm going to order it e-book. right now. <laughs> you and I yeah, It's, it's yeah. out everywhere. Everywhere books are out, it's out. Okay. And um, it's on, you know, you can order a physical copy. You can get an ebook. It's, it's out. 
Do you dad have anxieties, by the way? I, I mean, I'm, there are dads that do, but you know me. I'm, I'm. Like, you do never get nervous. Like you never. What? I, 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 I am. I'm, I'm, but that's why we balance each other out. Because For sure. I'm like, almost I, like I'm that on a to plane a and it's like terrible turbulence. And I'm like, oh my God, I could have been a great mother. And like, my kids are never going to know me. And he's just like sitting there watching his iPad, like, nothing's happening. <laughs> I control what I can control. Balance is everything. I mean, that's so great. Yeah, we well, have to. Or, I mean, she, you pretty much answered my question about what can people, you know, leave with the out of you know this book. And but I will say, I again, I appreciate and respect the fact that you're being so open because I understand being in the public eye and being of celebrity status. It's it's scary to lean into that honest, true emotion and experience that you may be going through. Um, right. But with a book like it sounds like yours is, you can't bullshit that stuff. Like people, right. readers will, will read right past that. Be like, this isn't, this isn't me. This is all fluff. And so right. I'm inspired to, to read it with Jana and especially that you talk about partnerships and that people that aren't, 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 aren't even married and don't have kids can get something out of it. Um, Jana and I are all about that life and that therapeutic life and <laughs> learning more about each other and everything. So, uh, we'll definitely Thanks. check it out. And we hope all the readers married or not, or kids or not, check it out too. Yep. You and I as mothers. Laura, thank you so much. I know you're on this crazy book tour right now, so I just no, I love I, you. This and- is a treat. Thank you guys so much for having me, and thank you guys for what you're doing. And um, I'm just, yeah, thanks for having me on, you guys. You're awesome, the best. Laura. So excited to read your book. Thank, thank you so you. much. Bye, girl. Bye, guys. Bye. She's so sweet. Super sweet. So sweet. Loved her. She was awesome. I just really appreciate what she said that she tried to find the book and she couldn't find it. So she wrote it. Like, I appreciate people that are willing to share their stories because they couldn't find it for themselves. So now they're wanting to give it back to somebody else. I Mm -hmm. just like, I really love that a lot. No, I think it's great. And it's very uh, powerful thing for someone to do. I just think it's funny though. Like the, the difference in a mom and dad when it comes to just, the reality. I mean, <laughs> so much so that I freak out because, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, for some reason, Jace's room just does not get heat to it. And he's, you know, Michael's been quarantined up in the room, up in his media room, like playing video games, like at night. And he like will keep turning the, the like the cooler on. And I just like in my mind. There's been so many times when I've gone up there and I'm like, Michael, you have to keep the heat on because it's going to freeze in that little boy's room. And I just like I stay up and it's just like maybe that's why I'm waking up in such a panic every (laughs) night, because even last night I went, I made sure to go upstairs. I put the heat on and then, you know, I was like, oh, honey, it's really cold in his room. So I put the heat on like, please don't change it. And I swear to God, this morning when I woke up and got that little boy, he was like an icicle in his room. You put the damn cooler on. What were you thinking? <laughs> I even told myself, I was like, Mike, don't forget. <laughs> She's going to gonna go ring back. your ass. <laughs> it's not even that. I was just worried about little man being cold. He literally was like, <laughs> I walked into his room. I was like, mother. <laughs> <laughs> so that started our morning off great. But it's just like, you know, again, like I wake up in the middle of the night thinking of those things. And you're just like, you wake up and you're like, I want some chicken nuggets with French fries. <laughs> but it, and it's every, you know, it's just so funny cartoon or, you know, when there's the, the funnies in the, in the papers, the funny papers, like the old comic cartoons in the papers and stuff it's like you see all those you know 
representations of women thinking in depth thought and men's like you know thinking about what you know what color their poop was that morning or something <laughs> so it's i mean guys in general i think are a little bit more lax but in our relationship you know i am and again we balance each other out and do you ever worry like do, what are your fears about parenthood and in, in the in the kids like i like do you ha- do you genuinely have any fears or anxiety or do I just carry them all for you? <laughs> do I do I worry I, I, enough I for do, you? I do, but my whole thing is about being prepared. So we have an arsenal because you think zombies are coming. Hey, <laughs> we didn't we didn't know COVID was coming. You can't shoot it. And Jana gave me shit about all these latex gloves that I bought for the garage to <laughs> clean did. stuff, I and did. we use them all the time now. I did. That came in handy. It's so it, did the fifty thousand sanitizer bottles that I bought like uh, a year ago. It's for me, I think it's just preparation. I, and I always tease that, you know, I have like a, a part of my personality is like a doomsday prepper and I want like a fallout shelter one day or something. <laughs> but that's what relieves my anxiety is if mm-hmm. shit goes down, we have what we need. And, you know, that goes back to when I was a kid. You know, the thing I've said about my dad is like in any situation, regardless of how how things are going I never was truly worried because I knew my dad could handle something Mm -hmm. like it it didn't matter what it was I just knew my dad would handle it and it was such a reassuring feeling as a kid that's cool like at the end of the day I like my dad's got us Mm -hmm. you know so and that's I want that so badly for y'all like, I want our kids, I want you to be able to be like, no matter what's going on in the world, we're together, and dad's got us. He like, might freeze you out of the house, but he's got you. <laughs> he might have the AC on in the wintertime, but he's got you. It, it is. Oh, it's just no, one of those things. Sweet. Like that. So that's, for me, yeah. I'm trying, I think just it's naturally instilled in me to be calm, cool, and collected in a lot of ways, because that's how my dad was, and I want to be that rock in that sense for y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think every man wants to be for their family. But it's just knowing that my dad absolutely was that. Mm -hmm. I don't really register a lot of fears in situations. Yeah. Yeah. So. I like it. I mean, I can definitely, I can understand that for sure. And I'll say you're becoming my rock because you are better with my anxieties and stuff instead of making me feel stupid. Yeah. Like you've done... An incredible job with that so i mean i i'm starting to trust in the rock that i got you <laughs> but yeah 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 <laughs> and and the theme of the previous episode she still has questions <laughs> but how big of a rock are you are you a gray rock what kind of rock are you yeah i know i've stopped asking as many <laughs> but here's the deal um sometimes we're just a nagging wife Yes. And it's, I love that that's what we argue about now because I'd rather argue about a nagging wife than a. That's true. You know what? Yeah. Than lies and sh. I wasn't going to say it. (laughs) It ain't no secret. (laughs) All right, let's take a break. All right. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? 
Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, I'm never going back to Kova's you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, 
USA Today article suggests that you should text all your exes just in case you have one more thing you wanted to get off your chest. <laughs> Why? That was USA Today? USA Today suggested that you should text all your exes just in case you have one more thing you wanted to get off your chest. If you had one ex to text. Oh, I like it. It should be. I should start the hashtag one ex to text oh. challenge. You just want to stir the pot right now while everyone's quarantined with each other? Hey, it's not me. It's USA Today. One X to text challenge. Who would you text and why? Here's the thing. What I I make up is you have two ways to go with this. You're either going to text them like, I'm sorry, my bad. Or you're going to text them, I miss you. Why would you say that you missed an ex? Uh, not me, but I'm saying people. Like, what else would you have? Hey, I had broccoli for breakfast. Like, what are you going to text them and say? Um, I would text an ex and say, I'll tell you right now. I know the, exactly the ex that I would text. I would text the ex. Is there a baby crying? No, I think it was me breathing in. <laughs> it sounded like a dying cat. <laughs> you know when you get like a little whistle in your nose? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um... No, okay, so my hashtag 1x to text challenge is I would say I'm really sorry for the person that I was and the way that I wasn't healthy enough to be in that relationship. Who'd you say that to? Brantley. It's healthy. <laughs> Shut it. Apparently. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, I was just, a, I wasn't, you know. Let's get them on. You no, can tell Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, you, I wasn't the best version of myself in that relationship. I just wasn't. And sure. I, and I, I will, I always have a little bit of regret that I didn't handle things better. For sure. And that's adult and mature of you. I mean, I would practically say the same thing. To yours. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we're not going to reach out to them because that wouldn't be healthy. <laughs> Do you know mine, who mine would be? Yes, I know who. Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. All, All right. right. Well, dance, build her beans. So if y'all can email. No, we are not. That's done. Okay. Oh. Um, Janet just wanted to take this opportunity to. Uh, well, actually, no. You guys should DM us on our Wind Down podcast. Um, Instagram. Account. Yeah. So it's wind down podcast. DM us and let us know your one X that you want and us and why. And we will next, um, next episode, we will share some share. You can be anonymous, but just share the person's first name. Yeah. So we can be like for Stacy out there. I'm sorry for. Yeah. We'll just, we'll be your apology. I love that. Sweet. <laughs> or your, not just your apology, or your... Or your F you, you mother... Beep, beep, beeper, beeper. Or I miss you. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> do we have any emails? We do. Let's... Uh, I'm going e- to check my DMs, too, on the Wind Down podcast and see if we've got any. But okay. read me an email first. All right. This email is from a tourist in my own world. Mm. It's titled, Issues in the Bedroom. My boyfriend and I have been together for six months. We are. Ha- my boyfriend and I are. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
This email is from tourist in my own... <laughs> oh my God. Okay, start over. Easton, please cut all this. It's on okay. Tori to do it. She might not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this email is from a uh, tourist in my own world. And the title is Issues in the Bedroom. My boyfriend and I have been together for six months. We are having problems in the bedroom. He has had problems in the past where a girl has told him not to climax. So when we were in the moment, I said, it's okay if you can't. I didn't know that bothered him until three weeks later when he told me that's why he's been acting distant. He said he knows I said it coming from the best place, but he mentally didn't respond well. But now he says he doesn't want to have sex right now. He's distant. I'm so worried he's unhappy with me. My anxiety and depression are through the roof even with all the individual therapy I do. Mike, how can I more understand why he doesn't want to have sex with me? Gianna, how do you know when to let go and when to keep holding on? That's a bummer because I just wish y'all could maybe communicate about it. Um, And I think if, you know, I would just try to sit him down and have a conversation with him and just talk about like how it made it feel and, because there's nothing worse than having conversations about sex and not performing in the bedroom. I mean, that's what took Mike and I like a few months off of our uh, pattern, I guess you can say. Because when you have anxiety it's and then you talk about it and there's performance issues in the bedroom, it's just going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe just have one final last conversation then don't bring it up again and see if it gets better. Um and just kind of go from there, but I would I would not beat the horse. Beat <laughs> no pun horse. intended. <laughs> Twelve year old Jana. Sorry. Um, how, Mike? How can I understand more? But so yeah, to Jana's point, this is hard because for men, it becomes like a mental thing, and. You know, when Jana and I have had issues in the past, it does become this just mental handicap where you start, like, I would have anxiety when it got closer to bedtime because of just my fears of being intimate or performance issues or not being enough, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've dealt with that, but it, it just takes time of just comfort. And for you, it was finally until Jana realized that the more she harped on me about it, or the more she, you know, pressured me about it, didn't help. That just pushed me farther away. Yeah. So once Jana was just like, didn't have these expectations and, and just was like, okay, like, you know, let's just lay in bed. Like we, we don't even have to like bring up sex. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all could take sex off the table for a, a period of time, a couple of weeks, a couple of days, a month, whatever. And then allow him to get more comfortable, you know, going through the day with you. So leading up to bedtime, there's no pressure. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. You know, it's a sensitive thing for guys. Have um, a DM from the Wind Down Podcast Instagram. Question for the podcast. Would love some outside advice. My husband's parents are verbally, mentally abusive. 
And his dad threatened me last spring because they feel I'm taking their son away from them since him and I have started standing up to them. My husband decided he wanted to cut them off um, out of their life after he threatened me, so we haven't talked to them in months. The issue now is that I am eight weeks pregnant, and my husband is really struggling with knowing his parents won't be involved in his kid's life, and it's making him very sad, and I don't know how to support him. I told him previously if he ever felt he wanted to change his mind about cutting them out, as long as we are safe, I would support him in whatever he decided. That being said, I now have to think about a kid and their safety, and I do not trust his parents to be a part of their life. How would you handle this? Wow. And, how, and why is there an issue? I just think he says because, or she said because um, they had threatened and they felt like, you know, he was, she was taking him away from the family. Because they started staying, like, because the son was being like, you can't talk to my wife like that. Psycho family. Well, look, I, yes, but I also think some families are just very, you know, especially when the son, like, Lord knows what I'll be with my son. I mean, granted, not to threaten someone, like, that's so severe. Like, that's not okay at all. Um, at all. And honestly, you know, as I'm reading, as I was reading it, I was just starting to think like I got really protective as a mama bear. And I'm like, no way the kid is going to be around the grandparents. But at the same time, if that's like your parents, it's that's such a hard situation. I would probably say like if they start to show any sign of remorse or empathy or say they're sorry, then maybe I would let them have like a visitation, not alone with the baby, but like with your husband and the baby and you there too. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to be there, then make sure your husband like is, you know, absolutely by the baby because I totally get them. You wanting them to have a relationship too. But if they're threatening you, like you don't want any part of that and that's not going to be healthy for any situation. And you also don't want that. That's just like not good. No. And I mean, unless she is, you know, bat shit and like really just a bad influence on him or something that we don't know about mm-hmm. why would some like someone's parents threaten them and like the fact that they're together and having a kid for me even if it was my parents if they acted that way mm-hmm. i'd be like f you and the only way you're going to see your grandkid is if they do what you're saying where over a period of time they show remorse. They show empathy and sincerity with them being sorry in the way they were. And maybe they can warm up to having some time. But I would have no issue cutting out my parents if I had to. Mm-hmm. If they were acting that way. None. Yeah. But that's just me. No, I mean, same. I, anything to protect. Because end of the day, it's I can handle any threat, whatever. It sucks and it hurts. But when it comes to... My kids, like I'm gonna mama bear the crap out of them. Oh yeah, and ain't no nobody coming near me, near me or my kids that are gonna be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, should I read one more, or do you think we're done? We can do. One. I like this handyman email, unless you found a good DM. I mean, there's a bunch of good DMs, like how you're handling, like managing anxiety, and right now, drink works and wine, <laughs> and a lot of deep breaths and quiet time. Um, read the handyman one, baby. Okay, this one's from Jamie, my handyman. I wanted to follow up with you about asking questions when my husband does a project. My husband is not as handy as Mike, I think. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I do ask a lot of questions and I'm totally judging, lol. Also, when he does a project, I criticize how he does things because it's not how I would do it or it's not how I envision it. How do I go about this? First of all, Jamie, I appreciate your honesty. Mm-hmm. Second, um, so what I tell Jana, you know, if say going into a project, he's like, oh, I want to do this. And you start to have these feelings around it or expectations. Sit down and talk ahead of time. Be like, hey, do you want to talk out like what your plan is with it? And I'm not trying to control the situation. I just don't want to be unfair to you where you do it. And I ask questions and then I'm critical of how you do it. I'm just I just want to understand. So like with the patio thing or the show, you know, the board and all this or the board, I forgot. But with the patio thing that I built. If Jana, like, going into it, she's like, oh, so what do you think you're going to do for this? I would have talked her through it. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to border with two-by-fours, and I'm going to, you know, use soil and flatten the ground, and I'm going to put rocks. And then she could have any questions then, and it wouldn't be as – it wouldn't come across as critical after, because it was before I did the project. If it's after I did something, the only way that I can receive that is that – is is as criticism because in my mind the only reason you're asking a question is because you're critical or you're questioning it or you don't like it if you ask the questions ahead of time and then y'all both on the same plane for the expectations of what it's going to be what it's going to look like and how it's going to function then there doesn't have to be all these questions and passiveness and criticism and because honestly it's it's frustrating and it's emasculating and it sucks and so, and if it's something, Jamie, that the handiwork isn't in your realm, like we talked about, you know, last episode, you know, it, it sucks to get criticized on something or feel criticized on something that the other person doesn't even do. So, honey. Yeah, no, I agree with that. For yeah. sure. I definitely agree with that. Um, I think we should end on a quarantine PSA. I get one and you get one. I love all these little weird challenges today. Okay. Quarantine PSA. This comes to all the husbands out there um, that are listening and just tuning in for the last one minute because your wife is going to replay this. Um, I was on a Zoom call last night with some of my girlfriends. Here is your quarantine PSA. Husbands, men, boyfriends, we are not your maids. Put away your shoes and... If you're up in the playroom, please clean as you go so that we don't feel like the asshole moms that have to come and clean and make them clean up. So thank you. Have a great day. Go for it, dude. Yes. (laughs) So this is my quarantine PSA to all you wives out there, girlfriends or significant (laughs) others to your men or partners. Um. Shut Just up. remember. <laughs> shut, shut up. Shut up. Leave me alone. No, mine would be remember that no one person's way is the right way. Everyone does things differently, and that's okay. Oh, snooze. Snooze. <laughs> no. Just because we don't think do things on your timeline or in the fashion of what you do them doesn't mean it's incorrect so have a little have a little grace all right cut us some slack 
And that is your PSA quarantine from Jana and Mike. Have a good one. Shut up. See you next week. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.